We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ritter Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's NFL time. It is week nine. We got 10 games on the main slate. No Dolphins, no Chiefs, no Chargers. Um, a very interesting slate, I think, is the, the best way to put it. Um, hope everyone's having a fantastic Wednesday night and hanging out with us live over there on YouTube. Hopefully, uh, you know, you guys hung out for the NBA podcast that we just got done recording joined today as always on the nfl podcast by my buddy keith eister eyes 819 keith week nine in the books it was an okay week um nothing like great nothing like terrible was on a lot of the right stuff just not on the right teams together um i usually am like super pumped for like the nfl like slate and show and it's just like i cannot get excited about this slate i've done research i've been wanting to get excited i just can't do it yeah, it, it's a rough slate. Um, last week was the most tilting week of the season for me, I think. I feel like I got so much right, but like you, I just did not put it all together. A.J. Brown was my highest on wide receiver. Of course, C.D. Lamb smashed as well. Um, DeAndre Hopkins smashed as well. I like DeAndre Hopkins, just didn't ha- quite have enough. Wasn't really on C.D. at all, um, but I had so much A.J. Brown. And the way I used him, because it was tough to fit Hertz and Brown together, I used Sam Howell with A.J. Brown. And then had McLaurin or Dotson. I had like three or four tournament teams that I was like, okay, these these have a real shot. I had way too much Isaiah Pacheco. Like I cannot believe the Chiefs' performance last week. Um, going into the afternoon games, I thought I was going to crush, but ended up falling out of the cash line in in cash games. So lost money there, and then just did not quite get a tournament team home. So overall, losing week on a week that I felt like I got an awful lot right. So those weeks are always really frustrating. Yeah, my like main team that I run in a lot of like single entry and stuff like that, it was okay. It scored I think like one sixty nine. So like, I, it's not like I had a bad day. Um, it was a solid team. It had Nico Collins. Like, had he done anything? Um, I was very high on like Purdy. You know, we had talked about Sam Darnold on the podcast last week. I just shifted my Sam Darnold love to block Brock Purdy. I was like, I mean, I think that this is a great spot for him. 
And honestly, they played terrible. The 49ers played awful in that game against the Bengals. Um, so, and like I paired him with Kittle. So, like, it was still fine. Like, you yeah. know, my pairing was fine. Um, but yeah, I had Terry McLaurin. He was one of my highest on wide receivers last week. I had a lot of Thielen. He didn't get there. Travis Etienne looked like he wasn't going to get there and then like did ETN things. And that was nice. Um, that 70 that yard big... receiving touchdown was, was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was just looking over our morning grind game from last week. I was like, man, I missed the Brees Hall rushing yards, but it's not like it was a bad DFS day for Brees Hall. So um, they just, I don't know. It was one of those slates, man, like got a lot right and just had a couple things wrong. And like the couple things wrong just happened to be on like the Sam Howell builds. And it was just like, all right, whatever <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah, but I had I had a Sam Howell, McLaurin, Dotson, AJ Brown team that um, was really solid. And it's just like, gosh, like had I had like some different pieces on that team, it would have been a monster day. But that's why Same. we play DFS. That's it's fun, right? Uh, before we get into breaking down this slate, if for some reason you have been living under a rock, um, welcome back. We announced a new product here at Rotor Grinders this week. It's called Sim Labs. Uh, we did a special podcast with Christian Mino. Definitely NFL focused for now. Uh, we will eventually have it for other sports, but right now it's focused on NFL. It is in the beta. We're still in the beta testing process of it, so it is still free for everyone to check out. We have a channel over on our Discord. I've been messing around with this for over a month now. Uh, the team has done a phenomenal job with this. It's a really great tool. And if you don't love spending a lot of time, you know, doing min-max ownership and trying to figure out, I mean, just set your set your advanced settings to correlation and simulation weight and projections and mess around with the tool and start saving the lineups that you like. And by the time you start saving lineups, you'll find enough um, to export and mess around with some builds. So uh, I've been using it a ton on showdown and it's just so such a time saver for that. Like it, when you're yeah. using uh, the optimizer, you have to build so many rules in to get correlated teams. You feel good about in showdown, but you can just, you can just hit run the simulation and bang, you get, 20, 50, 150 lineups, however many you're looking to build, all correlated, all look really nice and make sense. So such a time saver on Showdown. Excited to roll out some teams on, on the main slate with it this week. Yeah, I think it was uh, like three or four weeks ago, I had a team finish, I think, fifth or sixth in the $27 single entry that was um, produced by SimLab. So like it was really early in like when they let us start testing it um, in contests and stuff. And uh, it was a really, it was a really good team. Is it? I think it was Lamar Jackson team or something. Um, so, and it had put me on a running back that I didn't like necessarily have any interest in, and like it kept pumping out that running back. And I was like, ah, oh, I guess I got to play a little bit. And he ended up crushing. So, uh, anyway, if you haven't checked out Sim Labs, I highly suggest checking it out. A lot of effort um, by the team in putting this together. If you want to know more about it, there's a ton of stuff up on Rotor Grinders for it. And we did a special podcast, like I said, with Chris Jamino here on the Morning Grind feed. And uh, I think it's only like 25 minutes long. It's definitely well worth the listen. What's up, Derek, Dave, Yeezy? Hope you guys are having a great night. All right, Keith, let's get into it. Week nine. By the time we get done with this podcast, I hope I get a little bit more excited than I am right now of this slate. But <laughs> we'll see if we get there. Rams, Packers, 39 and a half total. I'm, I don't have the like updated totals in front of me. So bear with me. Um, I'm going off of what opening lines are. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Green Bay, three point favorites. We'll start here with the Rams. Uh, I mean, 
I think the biggest thing for the Rams is Stafford's hand injury, whether or not like he's going to play or not. He's dealing with a thumb, and I think it's on his throwing hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect here for the Rams because I really don't want to trust Brett Ripon if Stafford's not able to go. I really don't think we can trust like the running game whatsoever right now um, until Williams comes back from the IR. What are your thoughts here on the Rams? Yeah, I mean, we, like we've hinted at it a couple times off the top already. A lot of these games are really, really ugly. So, like, there's not going to be a ton of spots that you love. And if you love that spot, probably the field loves that spot as well. It's going to be difficult to get different, I think, on the slate. Um, this Rams team, though, going outdoors into Green Bay, getting cold in Green Bay this time of year, not a spot that I'm loving for them. The, the Stafford injury is not helping anything. We've seen two duds in a row from Cooper Cup. Like, it's been a long time since healthy Cooper Cup has put up two duds back-to-back. So I, I truly think there's some issue with Stafford there. I I probably need to see it from this team. Um, I think they're – like, Cup and Nakua, I think, are super talented, and I believe in what they were doing at the beginning of the season. But without Stafford in the lineup – or a banged up Stafford. It's just really uncomfortable to click these guys. The fact that they're outdoors this week, I probably just skip over them at, the, at these prices. Yeah. Cause I mean, even if Stafford plays, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Right. I, I mean that for what they were saying was like UCL, like sprain and like uh, just not a good scene. Um, if you didn't watch the play Stafford, like scrambled, looked like he was getting sacked, got out of the sack and threw and as he threw he had a helmet and it kind of like hinged on his thumb so it was a throwing hand um and it just wasn't pretty so i mean with stafford potentially if if stafford plays i don't really trust it enough but i will say like 8500 for cooper cup you know we talked about him when he came back and we were like all right he's 8600 we probably won't get him this cheap again he's been over 9k every other slate if there was ever a week to just say, I'm going to trust the production of a guy that has just produced for us for years now when healthy. I mean, I get that. Like I get that mindset. Green Bay's pass defense is awful. They rank 27th in DVOA against the pass. So like, it's a great spot. This defense is very, very beatable. It's just, I don't trust if it is ripen. I mean, maybe ripen just says, Hey, I'm just going to throw the ball 20 times to Cooper cup. Um, and maybe he gets there on that aspect too. But, I mean, I think if you're playing Cooper Cup, one, it's to get different on a slate where I feel like it's going to be a pretty chalky slate. And two, you're just hoping for pure volume. Like, you're playing Cooper Cup for just pure volume this week. So, um, and like, Puka is dealing with like a knee injury. He got tackled weird um, in that game. So, like, if Puka sits, I mean, maybe all the reason to take a shot on Cooper Cup and just play him for just, like I said, pure volume in this spot. Uh, Packers side, I'm, I might be done with this team. <laughs> I might just officially be done with the Green Bay Packers. Um, we all want it to be Watson. He got eight targets last week. He just doesn't look the same with like Jordan Love throwing the ball compared to what Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. And I mean, I hate to say it, it's just how I feel. Aaron Jones is not 100%. We, we can't trust him at all right now. That's killing like AJ Dillon's upside. So unless one of these guys gets ruled out, I don't think you could play the other one. The wide receiver core, flip a coin, and Musgrave, I mean, he's questionable dealing with an ankle where we can't trust his snap count. So, like, 
just a game that I don't like overall. And I know I'm going to say that a lot on this podcast, so I'm trying not to be negative, Nancy. But I'm like over here going, what what am I liking? Like, what what am I liking here, Keith? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like anything on the Green Bay side here either. Completely agree with the running back situation. I want to like Aaron Jones. I think he's the more talented back. But th- like hamstring injuries for running backs and wide receivers are nothing that I ever mess around with. Um, I did try it hoping that he was fully healthy coming back the first week. But after seeing him, um, he's just he's not quite there yet. And he may not get there unless they, they give him a week or two off here. So if he missed the game, like I'm still not even excited about A.J. Dillon. He's just been really inefficient this season. Doesn't look like he has it as, as a lead running back. So even at 4,900, I would have trouble getting to A.J. Dillon. Jordan Love has looked awful the last couple of weeks, so it's really tough to trust any of his pass catchers either. Um, Like Watson's going to have a breakout game eventually, I feel like. But at this point, I don't know that we can just continue to chase it week after week with Love at quarterback. Um, I'm not scared of this Rams defense, but there's there's nothing here. Green Bay's looked awful for for a couple weeks in a row. So I'm with you. I'm just there's nothing in this game that's appealing. Yeah, I mean, defenses maybe. Maybe we should like the defenses in this game. Um, maybe like Aaron Donald and, and these guys um, get to Jordan Love and like the Rams defense curate some stuff here. So maybe maybe the Rams defense and like if you pair the Rams defense with like Henderson or Freeman and just try to get the touchdown and maybe you get a two touchdown type of game. But I mean, I don't trust either one. They're splitting carries. I think you can play the Rams defense by themselves. Um, if Ripon plays, I think you could take some shots on the Green Bay defense too. And I know they haven't yeah. been great, but uh, I think they probably cheap, right? I haven't even looked at defenses. Yeah, I mean yeah, both, both these defenses yep. are cheap. So, uh, and I, I said thirty nine and a half. This game has been bet down to thirty eight and a half. Uh, so already already going where it should go. <laughs> All right, Tampa Bay at Houston, forty total in this one. Houston a three point favorite. Let's start with the Tampa side of this game. Um, it's weird because like Tampa's pass block and their like run block has, has been really solid this year. So like Mayfield has had time to throw, and when he like makes the throws, like Evans and you know Godwin have some upside. I think that the Houston defense is a little underrated. You know, we've talked about it a lot recently. Um, I, I mean Baker Mayfield, I don't think I take shots, but like fifty two hundred seems like a really fair price tag going indoors in Houston here. I think that's something else that you know is a nice little bump. I think Richard White is someone you could just play as like a volume running back in this spot, especially on DraftKings where you get the full point PPR. I kind of have interest in Tampa. This might be one of those teams where I don't love it, but I, I end up playing some of. Yeah, I mean, this is one that I can certainly get on board with. Of the like 40 and below totals, which there are numerous games in that range on on this slate, this is probably my favorite. Uh, going indoors to Houston, like you mentioned, the Houston defense has been okay. Um, but I do think that there's talent on this Tampa Bay team. I'm not saying that I'm stacking up Mayfield, double stacking Mayfield and trying to find a ceiling that way. But there are certainly pieces to like. I have a lot of interest in the Houston side, uh, the other side of this game. So I'm looking for runbacks here. I love the Rashad White call. Uh, the pass game usage has been back. Seven targets last week, six targets the week before that. Um, he's been splitting a little bit in the backfield with Keyshawn Vaughn, and Chase Edmonds is back now. Uh, Tucker was out last week. So the like the rushing share load is, is kind of tough to nail down, and it, that's not a great role. But seeing him work in the passing game again, 
uh, to the six to seven target range is is I think very playable on DraftKings at fifty six hundred. Um, you can certainly play Evans or Godwin as well. They're they're expensive. Um, so Rashad White is actually my favorite play on the Tampa Bay side here. Um, some shots on Trey Palmer for for super cheap maybe. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm interested in the Houston side here, and the, I'm really just using one of these guys as a run back. White being my favorite. Um, I mean, okay. So my question is like, Baker's cheap, White's cheap. Could you go like Baker, White, Godwin, or Evans? Not not like all four, but like, could you say like White, Baker, and then potentially take one of Evans and Godwin? I think like the passing role is good enough for White, and he's cheap enough that. Baker's cheap enough. Like if you are just saying, Hey, I think I'm going to get three touchdowns out of this three and just try to nail those three touchdowns. I think like you could do it. Right. And like the good thing about it is like Houston throws and like we have run back options that are not overly expensive too. It just frees up everything that you want to do with that Dallas Philly game. Yeah. I, I don't hate that idea. I just, I feel like I like the Houston side a little bit more and like, it is a thousand more to get up to Stroud, so I do I do get your point where you could get exposure to this game and go cheaper at quarterback. Makes sense. Um, wasn't really considering Baker, but I'm I'm I might take a look at that a little bit closer. I, I like including I, because I was thinking Baker Evans Godwin is is so expensive that you're really not gaining anything there. Um, but if you put White in that stack over one of Evans or Godwin, it does cheapen the stack a little bit. So I can get on board with that. I think. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Baker puts up 20 to 25. White puts up 18 to 22. And then, like, you guess right on Evans or Godwin. <laughs> you get the right one of those two guys. They can put up 20-plus. I mean, getting 60 points out of this stack overall, I, I think, like, makes some makes some sense at the pricing. So I, I wasn't really on this, but I, the more I think about it, the more I, I like it. Because um, I like the Houston side of this game. Tampa is a team where like defensively they haven't been able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Their pass defense has been so, so um, they're allowing 270 passing yards per game, which is the third most in the NFL this season. Like this is a spot we could see a guy like CJ Stroud, just let it loose. And Nico Collins tank Dell. I like the double stack here on the Houston side um, with Stroud. I think this is a spot where, Another one of those like potential spots that goes overlooked, but I have a ton of interest in the Houston side of here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, flop leg as well. Nico Collins and Tank Dell both got way more popular than I expected them to last week, um, but it, it makes sense, right? Houston has been has been successful in the passing game all season long. Um, they're both still underpriced, I would say. Um, Nico at 5,800, Tank Dell at 5,300, and Robert Woods potentially missing again. Looking, looking, he's doubtful on the injury report. So definitely gonna, definitely looking like he's missing again. Um, I don't even hate throwing Dalton Schultz in there if you want to just try to get away from one of the wide receivers. Keeping an eye on the ownership here because. You, like you were mentioning about the defense, it's a very clear pass funnel here. Tampa Bay with a, a great run defense. Uh, Vea is coming back as well, who's kind of like their stud run stopper. I feel like the Texans' path to winning this football game is is through the air, and the the pieces are cheap enough. I'm I'm extremely interested. Hopefully they stay lower owned because they let everyone down last week. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but we'll see what ownership looks like. But I, I love the Texans' side here. 
Damian Pierce is banged up right now. If he were to sit, um, Devin Singletary is 4,300. And if he gets a full like workload, um, I think you could potentially take some shots on Devin Singletary. If, if Damian Pierce ends up, um, sitting in this game, I mean, it's not necessarily my favorite play. Cause I, like, I think Tampa is much better at stopping the run than they are at stopping the pass. Uh, but I think overall, like if, if Damian Pierce sits and we we've seen like Devin Singletary is um, enough focused in this offense where at 4,300, I, I think you could uh, potentially take shots on Singletary here if, if Pierce sits. So I think that's the only way you get to Singletary is if Pierce sits and you just play the $4,300 running back here. Uh, moving on Minnesota at Atlanta, Kirk cousins, man, hate to see it. Um, just, yeah. A guy like you just want to root for, um, but he's out for the season. He had successful surgery on today, Wednesday. Uh, Minnesota at Atlanta, 37 and a half. Atlanta, a four and a half point favorite is what this opened at. 37 and a half, four and a half point favorite. Still the same thing. Um, we'll start with the Minnesota side here. I mean, it sounds like Jaron Hall is going to be the guy uh, this week, but I don't know how long that will last. Uh, the team traded for Joshua Dobbs. Um, Dobbs is not going away, baby. I can keep <laughs> playing it. Let's go. Um, but it sounds like Hall will start this week. I think like this is an op- opportunity for Jaron Hall. If he goes out and he has like a stellar game here, maybe he can at least survive another week as a starter. If he goes out and plays terrible in this game, Dobbs probably starts next week. I mean, I don't see a way around it. Um, I think Addison at 6K is still cheap enough where we maybe just take some shots on the talent and they're going to design some plays for him. I don't have a ton of interest in Minnesota overall, but I, I do like this spot for Addison. I think 6K is is still priced where you could take some shots on him here. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that I want to like because it's another indoor game um, in the Dome in Atlanta. I have interest in the Atlanta side. Just it's really hard to trust Jaron Hall at quarterback. Um, I do think that Addison is still in play at 6K. Um, they should scheme him the ball. He should see a bunch of targets. I think Hawkinson is in play as well. And I, I think I'd slightly prefer Hawkinson. I know he's expensive for the tight end position, but he is one of those guys who can just separate at the tight end position. Uh, we could see double digit targets for him. Young quarterbacks tend to like to lock on to their tight ends. So Hawkinson and Addison are, are the only interest I have. I'm not this running game stinks. Madison has not done anything. Akers is cutting into the role, but hasn't quite fully taken it over yet. So not going to the running backs, not using Jaron Hall in stacks, even though he's cheap, but I, I don't mind Addison or Hawkinson as run backs here. I like the Hawkinson call. I didn't really um, think about like a young quarterback checking down a lot. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if KJ Osborne ends up sitting, um, I think like Powell's banged up too. But if if one of these two guys sits, you could play the other one. They're both. I mean, Powell's thirty two hundred. So if um, Osborne's out, thirty two hundred Powell. I don't think it's the craziest idea. And you want to you want to throw on Atlanta. We've talked about it a lot. Um, they're a very underrated bad pass defense. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, all right, going to the other side of this game, the Minnesota side, Minnesota has really struggled at getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that with a young quarterback here in Heineke playing over Ritter, like I think the passing situation opens up a little bit more with Heineke. Um, call me crazy, but I, 
obviously want to see the news on like Drake London. I really want him to play in this game um, because I think this is a spot that is a really solid spot. If he's out, Van Jefferson's 3,600. Hollins is 3,500. Pitts is 4,100. Johnny Smith is 3,400. Like if, if Drake London doesn't, does, Drake London doesn't play, um, I think we're taking some shots here on the Atlanta passing game. Please let Drake London play. Because I know. I do not, wanna... not want to have to click Van Jefferson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, okay, so we've seen this from Taylor Heineke before with Washington. Like, dude is a gambler. He will take shots down the field. Oh, that yeah. is what we want for DFS upside. So this is a massive upgrade to this Atlanta, up to these Atlanta receivers um, as far as, like, DFS upside. I absolutely love this spot for Drake London if he plays. I love Kyle Pitts. I love Johnu Smith. Those are the three guys that I want, and I'm I'm going to use a little bit of Taylor Heineke. He's going to make some mistakes. He probably throws an interception or two, but he's going to take shots down the field, and that's something we haven't seen from this Atlanta offense at any point this year or any point last season. They just have not had the quarterback play of guys that are willing to do that. When you have elite talents like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, elite athletes out there, like, I'm excited about this Atlanta team with with Taylor Heineke. Um, it's honestly, I I need London to play because I'm I'm in love with this spot if, if he does play. I like Heineke. You know, I I kind of yeah. skipped over him, but he's 5K. He threw for 175 yards in two quarters against Tennessee on Sunday when he came into that game. Um, they were they opened up the playbook for him, and I, that's something that we've been wanting them to do for Desmond Ritter. And I don't know if they just don't trust him enough or, or they're just concerned about like his throwing ability. But like we saw a different Atlanta look um, in that second half of that game. And I think someone like Bijan is now at 6,100 where it's like, all right, if he gets five, six, seven targets here, it's like, all right, we could, we could see Bijan get there as well. I like Bijan more if Drake London sits um, for what it's worth. I like that because call. Yep. I, I could see like Heineke, Bijan, Pitts type of builds for me because I think like the, they're just all so cheap that Atlanta's a double stack. You can run it back with an expensive and like TJ Hawkinson isn't that expensive either. Um, so I mean, this is a, a spot where the tight ends are just in a great spot. Um, uh, just overall, a really good bad game. <laughs> <laughs> a really good 37 and a half total game um just yeah, keep that the in the back of your mind <laughs> right but my only concern is that atlanta just like jaron hall is not good and minnesota has trouble keeping up that that would kind of nuke the atlanta passing game because we know that atlanta with a lead is fine just turning around and, and handing it off to three different guys so i feel like that's how this game fails doesn't mean that i want to play algier or anything but um that i do have slight concern just to throw a little little water on the fire, but this is this overall. I, I love this spot for the the Falcons uh, passing attack. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say one thing really quick. I've been talking about how bad the Atlanta pass defense is all year, and they really haven't been tested. Do you know who tested him for the first time this year? Will Levis. Uh, they threw the, they threw it deep, and DeAndre Hopkins had three deep touchdowns. That's how you beat Atlanta. Like if you want to beat them, use your guys. Use T.J. Hawkinson. Use Addison. Like. Don't switch anything up and just hope this guy can do a little bit what Kirk Cousins was doing. The more I think about it, the more I might actually take some shots on Jaron Hall this week. I don't want to. Um, but, I mean, playing for a chance to, you know, keep his job and just 
they don't seem like they just want to pound the rock with Madison and Acres. So like maybe at 4,800, he's cheap enough. Addison at 6K, Hawkinson at 5,200. Maybe they're all just cheap enough where it works. I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably do it because I'm weird, but it happens. <laughs> all right, moving on. We got uh, Washington at New England. Yeah, it's a football game. It's on Sunday. 40 and a half total. <laughs> New England is favored in this game by three and a half. I don't know why um, <laughs> they are, but they are. Anyway, let's talk about this game. Washington side first. Um, New England has been okay against the run. They've struggled against the pass, which kind of fits into Washington's like play style. Like we want Robinson Jr. to be a thing. He's a really good running back from what we've seen in the past. He has talent, but like they are just letting Sam Hall throw 50 times a game and perfectly okay with it. And like they should have beat Philly last week. They gave that game away. Um, I don't know. Like, we saw some trades, too. I don't think the Washington defense is going to be great. <laughs> they weren't already. Um, yep. I think Sam Howell's going to have to keep throwing. TJ McLaurin, Dotson, they're still cheap enough. We get Douglas on the other side, who's super cheap, that is going to have some ownership. I could see myself building out some McLaurin and Dotson teams. I don't know if I get to Sam Howell this week, but, I mean, the thought process is, New England actually scores some points this week, and maybe Sam Howell has to play catch-up. I think that that you made a great point there on the Washington defense. They traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat, two of their best pass rushers. Um, like Their defensive line was the only strength of this defense, and now it's been decimated. So this Washington defense might be really, really bad at this point. Um, like That's just crazy. I, the one guy I know I want to play here on Washington is Terry McLaurin. His role has just been incredible. Slow start to the season. We know he was dealing with turf toe. We've seen that limit wide receivers a ton in the past. Fully healthy now. Double-digit targets again last week. Um, like Terry McLaurin is just waiting to go off for one of those monster games, 150 yards, two touchdowns type of thing. He is that type of talent. We know Sam Howell will take the chances. So I, I'm going to be in on McLaurin until that game happens. And, and possibly for the rest of the season until his price catches up because I don't the, the slow start to the season I believe was fully just about the injury and and he looks healthy to me now um, fifty six hundred for Terry McLaurin love this spot good to see Dotson back involved last week as well um, price did come up he's five k so I, I definitely prefer McLaurin with their pricing that close together but man I can take some shots on Dotson as well I believe in that talent. Uh, no interest in the running running backs for me. Um. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, we'll see if I get on Sam Howell. I think quarterback is pretty wide open. You can basically play any quarterback you want if you're not spending up to the two elite guys who we'll talk about. Um, obviously, Dak is, is a little bit underpriced as well for what he did last week, and we'll get into that as well. Not sure I'll get the howl, but I do have interest in the receivers here. Just to just to give you guys an idea really quick about how much Washington is throwing the ball, the two leading wide receivers and r- routes run on dropbacks this season, Dotson and McLaurin. Of the all of the NFL, they Dotson has run 306 routes and McLaurin has run 301. Devontae Smith has run 296. That's the second most or the third most technically behind the two Washington guys. They're just on the field. They don't come off the field, and they throw the ball a ton. So, yeah, I think I think we have to keep looking at these guys. And, like, Logan Thomas is dealing with a little bit of a heel injury. Pay attention to that. That could bump up McLaurin and Dotson even more. Uh, New England. The problem with Mac Jones this year is he's just getting crushed. I mean, he's just getting crushed. We just got done talking about – this might be a spot where Mac Jones actually has some time to throw the football. Um, I mean, I think Stevenson's interesting in this game as like a checkdown option, especially with like Bourne on the IR now. Uh, Devontae Parker is banged up. I mean, Demario Douglas, come on down. You're the next contestant <laughs> on the New England wide receiver game. Um, he's 4K. I'm looking at like early projections and like projected ownership and stuff. He's definitely going to get some ownership this week. He's just too cheap. Uh, what are your thoughts here on New England? Yeah, Demario Douglas is the one that definitely jumps out right away. Had had a decent role with Kendrick Bourne there already over the last two weeks. Now Bourne goes on IR. Douglas should be the guy here. Uh, Juju just has not shown that he has anything left. Got a wide open a touchdown this week. <laughs> yeah, that was his only only catch, I believe. Right? It was. Yeah, it was <laughs> his only target. In fact, wow, that's. That's bad. He was wide I, open. I, the Dolphins just totally <laughs> missed coverage, and Juju was just sitting in the corner, like wide open. Yeah, can't can't do the Juju thing. I know he's cheap, and there's targets to go around, but I, it's Douglas over Juju for me. I, I'll be underweight on Douglas in tournaments too. He's a, he's a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes near the line of scrimmage. He could end up with ten targets in this spot. That would not surprise me. Just I don't think he's getting much down the field. Is the only only problem so I, I do worry about the upside a little bit maybe he breaks a screen pass or something and and he can score from a decent ways out he's certainly a dynamic guy with the ball in his hands but i feel like if he's going to get up into that 20 percent range i probably end up underweight on that i think for me on new england it's, it's really simple it's some douglas it's some stevenson i don't think i play mac um i think if i was going to play a quarterback in this game it'd be hal um mac yeah. jones is super cheap I would rather take shots on Heineke. I think Heineke has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones, like in this price range. Um, you know, we've already talked about some cheap quarterbacks, and I mean, there's a couple more that we're going to talk about. Quarterback is a position you could definitely save some money on this week. Arizona at Cleveland again. This is a football game, and again, <laughs> it's happening on Sunday. Um, this game's awful. Um, Thirty-seven and a half. Cleveland a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, Arizona, uh, I mean, we don't even know who's playing quarterback yet. I mean, it, it sounds like it'd be Kyler Murray from like him practicing fully with them trading Dobbs. But I read a report the other day 
that said, like Clayton Tune could play and start. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> ah, man, as much as I like Hollywood Brown, just in general, I, I don't think this is a spot I can do it. Cleveland has one of the best defenses in the league. I I don't like anything here for Arizona. Yeah, really tough spot here against this Cleveland defense. It would be, it's it's a tough spot for Arizona as well. Like, do you bring Murray back in this spot at Cleveland as his first game of the season? Uh, or do you throw an untested rookie into the fire against this Cleveland defense? So there's no good option here for Arizona. If Kyler plays, I think you can play a little Hollywood Brown. You can play some uh, Trey McBride for sure. Price came up. Up about a thousand. He's up to thirty seven hundred. But man, that dude just crushed last week. It, a lot of it was in the fourth quarter in garbage time. But he's he's a super athlete. We knew that he was very produ- productive in college. Um, so Trey McBride at thirty seven hundred. If Kyler's at quarterback, I I can definitely get on board with that one. Yeah, I mean, my only concern is like fourteen targets last week, um, and like getting ownership with like this. <laughs> quarterback like corpse (laughs) Uh, like we currently have him projected as like the fourth highest owned tight end on the slate so like if he's going to be a chalky tight end against this defense i might just say like prove it to me and i like trey mcbride i we talked about him last week played him last week against baltimore um we liked him and like he ended up being like one of the chalkiest tight ends last week um i don't know i just nothing really like jumping off the page for me like there's so I mean they said dress school might play like who knows um I think this is going to be a situation where like Wednesday night it's really tough uh but right now I think Trey McBride would be the guy I would have circled just because of the pure volume um and then like Hollywood Brown just for the pure talent aspect of playing him but I mean I have a ton of interest in the Cleveland defense and whoever like whoever plays running back for them like if Ford is good to go interest in Ford. If Ford's out, I like Hunt. Like I right now I would prefer Kareem Hunt just because I do think Ford is like really banged up. Um Kareem Hunt's cheap. I don't love anything else really for Cleveland. I think this is a spot you just play the defense and pair him with the running back. Yeah, speaking of running backs, we didn't touch on DeMarcado at all. He is questionable as well. Um if Murray plays, I'm not interested because Murray's going to be doing a lot of the running, I think. Maybe not coming off the the major surgery, but if Clayton Toon plays, I expect Cleveland to win this game and win this game big, which means there could be a lot of checkdown opportunities for DeMarcado. He's only 4,700. I don't hate that as a run back if, if you do have some interest in the Cleveland stuff. Um, just wanted to get him out there as well. But on the Cleveland side, I agree. It's the defense that we're looking at first. They're a smash if it's Clayton Toon at, at quarterback. Um it depends on on who's playing. Obviously, if if Ford sits, Hunt's one of my favorite running back plays on on the entire slate. Fifty five hundred saw a decent role last week, looked pretty good. Um, so the the Hunt Browns pairing is something I would roll out quite a bit. Don't think I'm attacking the passing game much here. Um, Cooper is fine, um, and, and I think you would want Watson at quarterback. Like PJ Walker's looked serviceable, but probably not attacking that. Um, I don't know. It is a spot against the Arizona defense, though, and, and PJ Walker is really cheap. So, need to give that one a little bit more thought, I guess. Um, I don't. Do you have a lean on whether Watson is playing or not? I don't think we've seen really any conviction one way or the other. I think it's Walker again. Um, I think like if you're Cleveland, like coaching staff and like ownership, like why would you bring back Watson for this game? 
you beat Arizona Fair with point. PJ Walker. Like, I, I mean, yeah. so I feel like it's going to be Walker. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do want to point out something really quick. Like, they said there was like no setbacks for Ford last week. Ford only played 30% of the snaps last week. Kareem Hunt played 36, and Pierre Strong played 32% in that game. Um, it was a very, very like three headed monster in that game. Super competitive and close game. Um, so, I mean, it is. I really, I really want Ford to get ruled out to like have interest in Hunt and maybe even Strong at forty four hundred. Like if if all three of them are active, I mean it becomes a much tougher and cloudy situation. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. That game, ooh, it's a game. <laughs> it's happening. Seattle at Baltimore. This game opened at forty two and a half. It has been bet up to forty four and a half. This is a game with really positive like DFS line movement. Um, we're starting to see some ownership you know, follow that line movement. We got Baltimore minus five and a half. Uh, we'll start here with the Seattle side. Baltimore defense has been super solid this season. Uh, is there anything here for the Seahawks that you like? So I think this game is going to be quite popular. And I like, there's two really good defenses. We'll talk about the Seattle side and the trades they've made um, and the way the defense has played recently. But I, I'm struggling with this game. Um Seattle is also flying across the country to the East Coast on, for an early game, which is never a good spot. Um, I, I do like Tyler Lockett, I guess, would be my one play here. Um, and he's questionable as well, but expect him to play. I, I, I'm not stacking. I'm not using Geno as the stack. Like, I'd, I'd much rather get Dak at that, in this price range. Um, yeah, I mean... It, if like Lamar is going to be one of the most popular quarterbacks on the slate, it's really only the two stud quarterbacks. Um, but if I'm using Lamar, I think I'm using Lockett as, as the run back here. I, I don't know. Like it's a really tough matchup for, for Walker. We saw Charbonnet play quite a bit. I, I do like, you can always play Ken Walker. He always has an opportunity to fall in the end zone two or three times. Um, but at seven K, it's not a spot that I love. I don't like I like I said I'm struggling with this game because Seattle's a team I've targeted a ton this year, but don't like the spot against Baltimore necessarily. Um, it's priced up. I don't know. I'm, I'm lukewarm on Seattle at best. That's kind of where I feel as well. Baltimore is the number one DVOA team in the NFL. They rank first in DVOA against the pass. They rank third in DV or fifth in DVOA against the run. I mean, this defense has been sound. Um, where I get exposure to Seattle is like Lamar stacks. I mean, I played a lot of him last week and he disappointed. Uh, Gus Edwards had like a, a career game. Oh, I think he scored what three touchdowns. Brutal. Yeah, it was, yep. it was rough. Um, no Kelsey on this slate. TJ Hawkinson has a rookie quarterback throwing to him potentially. Um, Dallas Goddard is $2,000 cheaper. He's going to get some ownership here in this like Dallas Philadelphia game that sets up really really nice um so definitely a, a slate where it's like all right you know where how can i get a little contrarian you know maybe taking shots on like lamar andrews instead of like aj brown um hurts kind of build so um I, I think this is a spot i'll i'll definitely have some baltimore stacks and it's just like i almost always run back a stack with somebody else from the other team because i want the game to stay competitive or they trail you know kind of thing so It'd be DK or Lockett, and I really, like, again, the only way I'm getting exposure to this game is just through Baltimore stacks. Um, I will say, like, 
if Lockett does does end up sitting, you could take some shots here on Smith um, Jigba uh, at forty three hundred. Yeah. Baltimore yeah, side, like the call. yeah. Baltimore side. I mean, it's it's really simple for me. I don't think that <laughs> uh, Edwards is going to have a career game again. Uh, Seattle defense has been playing better. Like you're you're going to bring up. Um, I mean, it's it's taking shots on Lamar because he's Lamar Jackson, and it's taking shots on Andrews because he's the number one target in this offense. And Zay Flowers is cheap enough where you could still take some shots, but he's kind of in that price range where, like, if he's going to continue to get a lot of ownership, um, you just kind of hope that Lamar runs it in twice and throws one to Andrews, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not down on the Baltimore offense by any means. They burned me last week. I also had a ton of Lamar and Flowers and Andrews last week. Um, did not work out. I had a couple of Edwards teams, but nothing where nothing that made any noise. Um, the Seattle defense, they, they made a trade for Leonard Williams, who is just a very talented uh, defensive lineman. They got Reek Wollen back the, over the last couple of weeks, and ever since he's come back, their pass defense has taken massive steps forward. Uh, they Witherspoon, their top draft pick, has played awesome at the other, other cornerback spot. This Seattle defense is legitimate now. Um, so I think, like, you, if you look at, like, season-long numbers, you can see that Seattle has been torched by the pass for, for most of the season. I'm not so sure that that is the case of what we're looking at in this version of the Seahawks defense. They've been outstanding against the run all season long. So, it like, they've been a hard team to run on, and now their pass defense is coming around as well. It is a tough spot for them going west to east for a for an early game. So maybe they just come in and they're flat and Baltimore just absolutely rolls them in this spot. It would not surprise me. But if the field is going to be on this spot as the highest owned spot of the slate, I probably end up underweight here. Um, I, I much prefer the the Philly-Dallas game, which is going to be the other popular game, I think. Um, I, I'd certainly want some exposure to to Lamar and Andrews and, and Flowers again. Like That was the most surprising dud of the week last week for me is the Flowers pretty much did nothing. Um, I, I will go back to it a little bit, but I just I don't see myself getting there as much as the field is going to get there. Yeah, so on the season, um, Seattle is allowing 259 passing yards per game. Um, so over the last three games, because they had a bye week um, in week five, so the last three games, Cincinnati, Arizona, Cleveland, I mean, questionable Arizona, Cleveland type of thing, they're only allowing 197 passing yards per game. Um, so a huge drop. Again, it's Cleveland, it's Arizona, Cincinnati is in that group. Um, they they really shut down Cincinnati in that game pass-wise. So it's tough to say, but it's definitely trending um, in that direction. Like we saw, what was it? it was uh, Jared Goff, right? Week two, we talked about that game. Um, yep. Like just absolutely destroy this defense. And week one, Puka had a monster game. Um Week three, I think Thielen had a big game. So, like, it's possible. Um, but now I think it's, like, more possible for, like, a guy like Andrews to win inside the inside the numbers um, than outside with Flowers. So, uh, my main stack on Baltimore would be Lamar with, like, hoping that, all right, the passing game struggling a little bit and we get the, you know, 12 to 15 rushing attempt Lamar. He just didn't need to do it last week against Arizona. Um, Gus Edwards was just shredding the defense all game. <laughs> so tilting. Um, moving on. Chicago, your Bears. The Bears. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh 41 total Any, in this game. 
anytime you're tendering for a top five pick, you've got to go out and spend a second round pick on a pass rusher who's going to be a free agent. But that, that's for another another time. Discussion I, for another time. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I mean, they what? better extend him or it is just an absolute garbage move. But yeah, but why would I, you I have confidence with, they're going to extend? Why him. would they extend him with the Bears unless they're just going to throw a lot of money at him? I don't know. I like you. You don't make that trade if the conversation hasn't happened. I guess seriously, it, yeah, that better I mean, be the case, or I'm going to be one <laughs> one angry Bears fan. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, <laughs> all right, Chicago at New Orleans, forty-one total. Saints a eight and a half point favorite in this game. Um, New Orleans defense is really solid. You know, we don't talk about them a ton. Uh, that's a it's a good defense. I actually have a ton of interest in the defense this week for New Orleans. Um, Fields. Not playing. Already ruled out. Uh, I mean, I just – I got nothing for Chicago in this game. Uh, maybe some tournament shots on DJ Moore just on the talent, but I, I think you can find better options. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the DJ Moore thing. Like, it could get super concentrated around him. Bajan, like, he didn't look awful. Um, he, he is a competent quarterback. The thing is, they're just – they're being so conservative with him. Like, he's not taking any shots downfield. It's all short underneath stuff, which that's where you you look at a guy like DJ Moore who could take that screen pass 60 yards to the house or whatever. I think that makes sense, especially when you're you're adding that in with six or seven really easy catches near the line of scrimmage. I could see DJ Moore paying off. Um, I like the price on Cole Komet, but man, it's it's tough to trust this offense to be able to get down to the red zone often enough. You certainly need a touchdown from Cole Komet, I think. I mean, he could do what he did last week and be fine. What do you have, like 10 catches or something like that? He had, a, he had like, yeah. he was captain check down last week. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's been their entire offense under Bajan, which at 3,900, you're right. That, that, that is an acceptable performance there. If he scores a touchdown, that would be a, like, if he gets eight catches and scores a touchdown, I don't care how many yards he has. Like that, that's a smash. So I, I do have some interest in Komet. You talked me into it. He's just cheap enough. Again, like no Kelsey. Um, So like, I think TJ Hawkinson is very underrated. Like uh, you've sold me on him like 5,100 for TJ Hawkinson, even with a young quarterback. Um, yeah. I'm super interested in that. I, Cole met, I, I, I like Cole commit in this spot. I, I forgot that he had the, like a big catch day and like, he was just checked down monster. Um, New Orleans. I, I mean, at this point, like has Alvin Kamara, like turned back the time, like five years, like he, looks really good and like Derek Carr looks good the Saints look good like <laughs> I mean 8k like we're we're I mean Alvin Kamara three or four weeks ago was like 6100 when he came back from the suspension but like he's earned this price tag and Chicago's defense is awful um I think this is a great spot like they have been better against the run but like Kamara like he's so dangerous out of the backfield too that like I'm not too concerned about like a run defense I know um Chicago's run defense has actually been super solid but I, I just think this is a spot you could take shots on Kamara um I like Olave in this spot and it pains me to say it but like I kind of like Derek Carr um in this spot I'm with you. First, let's start with Kamara because I think he's a top two running back on the entire slate. He, I absolutely love this spot for Kamara. You mentioned the the Chicago run defense has been solid, but he's he's getting there in the passing game as well. Um, we saw that that game against New England. In the past, part of the problem with Kamara is like they're they're not willing to use him as the grinder. It's been Jamal Williams who basically since he's come back, like 
maybe in a blowout, they they work in Jamal Williams a little bit more, but they have been willing to hand it off to Kamara 20 times, which is a better role than he's ever had. And he's still getting all, all of the passing down work as well. So price has come up, but this is an absolutely awesome spot for him. Um, I think he could get it done through the air or or just 20 rushing attempts type of thing. So I, I love the spot for Kamara. I love the receivers in this spot as well. Olave like, has had a couple of down weeks here recently, but started off the season like he was going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. I believe that's the level of talent that he's at. We're back at home in the Dome for New Orleans, so it's wheels up for Olave. Saw Shahid pop off for a big game last hey, week as who well. who talked about him? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going right back to that. Like I, oh, yeah. I know it's long touchdown dependent, so it's going to be very hit or miss every week. Like There are going to be weeks where he has two DK points or whatever, but when you get that 58-yard touchdown like last week, man, at 4,500, that's, that's really all you need. So I, I'm going right back to Shahid. The Chicago Bears secondary is, is nothing I'm scared of. Um, and we're in the dome as well. So love Shahid and that price tag. Love his, the, the chances that he can get behind this Bears secondary. Yeah, I mean, you just play him for the long touchdown. So it's the yeah. exact thing that we talked about last week. And he almost had two of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> he did. Like, so it's like, yeah, I think that Shahid at 4,500, you're just playing him for those ceiling games. I mean, it's going to happen probably like one out of every like three or four games. Like, and this is a spot where this defense is bad against the pass. And Derek Carr will air the ball out. I mean, Derek Carr, like, he gets a ton of crap, but, like, he's thrown for over 300 yards in three straight games, and it's not like he's done it against bad opponents. Um, so I I like Derek Carr. I like Alave. I don't expect Taysom Hill to get two rushing touchdowns again this week. Um, I hope not anyway. Uh, I just – I mean, I like the Saints. I think that they're one of my favorite teams on the slate. You just hope – you're just hoping Chicago keeps up but we've also seen in the past that like the saints are a team that will keep the gas pedal down um, until they get up by like that three or four touchdown mark. So I like the saints. All right. We got the Colts and the Panthers 44 and a half total in this one. Colts a two and a half point favorite, probably my favorite game of the weekend. And I, it just, it pains me. And I know (laughs) like, I don't want it to be, but I feel like it has the potential to be the best pivot off of the Cowboys Eagles. The Cowboys Eagles game is going to have a ton of ownership. It's the best game on the slate. There's no arguing it. Um, it, It's a, it's a phenomenal game. There's so many underpriced pieces in that game. We'll talk about it in a minute. I hate it, but I like it. I I like Minshew. I I like Pittman. I like downs. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor a ton this week. Like, I know they're still splitting the role, but like Jonathan Taylor looks really good. And I don't know if it's just like not doing the three down, like running back role and being a lot more fresher. But I mean, the Saints defense is no joke. And this dude looked great in that game. Um, I I like the Colts. I I love the Colts. Um, Carolina's defense has been awful. Uh, They've allowed the most rushing yards in the NFL per game this season. Jonathan Taylor, the reason I said... Kamara was a top two back is because Jonathan Taylor is the best running back on the slate. Uh, He was trending in the first half, like he was going to take over the role. And then they just, 
the run out all went to Zach Moss. I don't know. Well, they got Taylor behind. Did. I feel like, and they used Moss more as like a pass blocker. It was really, it was really weird. It was really weird. Like he, I think he received one or two carries in the entire second half, and it, maybe the game just got away from him. It was the trailing game script, and they were easing Taylor back in a little bit. But it looked like Taylor was starting to take over the backfield. I'm gonna just kind of lean into that a little bit and assume that this is like a 60-40 share now in favor of Jonathan Taylor. And if that's the case, Jonathan Taylor's $2,000 underpriced in the best matchup in the entire league. Like, this is an awesome spot for Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's going to be my highest owned player for sure. Early ownership looks awesome on him. Um, he's not, he wasn't even like top two or three or four, I don't think. Um, he's going to be my highest owned player on the slate. I, that said, I do have some interest in the passing game as well. The role for Josh Downs is incredible. The price tag is, is continuing to rise, but. I, I'm interested at 5,200. I like the Minshew call as well at 5,200. Like he's a very capable quarterback. Um, I don't even hate using down uh, Taylor in, in the Minshew stack. He's receiving enough pass game work and I like him enough where I'm, I am fine rolling that out together. And then Pittman is obviously in play as well, but I, I would prefer downs um, just to save a little bit of money. Um, Jonathan Taylor, my favorite play on the entire slate though. Yeah, you talked about like the Carolina defense. They're they're just atrocious, man. Thirty second in DVOA, they rank thirty second in run defense on Pro Football Focus grades. Like their defense can't stop the run. Taylor Taylor worries me for like Minshew upside. Um, so I don't know like if I would play too much Minshew if I'm playing Taylor because like I'm I'm trying to play Minshew to get that like twenty five plus point game, and I feel like if Taylor goes off, Minshew's not going to have to throw as much. Um, Dude, Pittman just he might be the best wide receiver under 7K in the league. Like, if he could just get some touchdowns and convert to some more like longer plays downfield, like he's getting the volume. Downs is getting the volume. Like this offense DFS wise looks great with um with Minshew behind behind the center there. So yeah, I like the spot. And I don't think you sleep on Bryce Young on the other side of this game. Uh, this is a spot where the Colts defense, we've talked about it so many times this year, they're a pass funnel. You don't run on this defense. Um, I mean, they have been a little bit more subject to the run this year, but like, let's be honest, Hubbard and Sanders, not great. They're having a terrible year. I think this is a spot we go back to the well on Thielen. Um, last week, he had 11 targets. He just didn't score a touchdown. They had two red zone design plays for him. Um, one was a bad throw, and one, I hate to say it, he probably should have <laughs> caught it. Um, so... I mean, the one I over think, the middle where he did like the, it was like a curl route almost like he just kind of turned around and the ball was right on him and he just, yeah. he dropped it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just a quick, it, it, was, it was between two play. defenders. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a tough play, but yeah, if he would have caught that one, that would have been real nice. I mean, double digit targets in four or five games. Uh, and like now, like he's 7,500, like now people are playing him even less than they have been. Um, So I, I'm going to keep riding it. And like, I'm just, I'm playing the volume. I mean, this is Cooper cup like volume and like he's projected for 5% ownership early in the week here. So um, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, why shouldn't I like he's getting red zone targets. He scored a touchdown in four of six games that he's played um, four of the last six games and double digit targets in four of the last five. I mean, like you just, you play it. I, I mean, again, like just play it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that he's that the price keeps climbing because Derek in chat saying Thielen seventy five hundred, oof. 
but that's exactly how the entire I agree field with you. I agree. Oof, <laughs> but I mean, you're also like you get excited, right? Like you get excited because he's not going to have any ownership. Yeah, and we're talking about legitimate thirty point upside. I'm not talking he hit thirty points once. He's done it three times in the last five weeks. Like thirty points is his upside. That's perfectly acceptable for seventy five hundred. Double-digit targets, he's been scoring a lot. You could argue that he's ran super hot with touchdowns. That's fine. But the the role at worst is Michael Pittman, who is not that much cheaper. Um, and I feel like he gets more downfield targets. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I feel like Thielen gets more downfield targets than Pittman. Um, he's priced maybe appropriately now, but he still has one of the best roles in the NFL. I feel like Indy is going to be playing from ahead in this game. And, Thielen's going to get double-digit targets again, so fire him up at 7,500. I'm totally good with that. I do have a question for you about the running backs. We saw Chuba Hubbard take over the backfield. They um, said it, too, before the game. They did say like they were going to do it. So you believe that that's actually a shift now and that it wasn't because Miles Sanders was banged up, banged up? He did have the questionable tag coming into the game all week, but I feel like if you're going to give him two opportunities the entire game, why wouldn't you just sit him? So... I feel like he was healthy and Chuba Hubbard just actually took over the backfield. I think it was Hubbard taking over the backfield. And like, yeah. the, it, like had we not got the report saying like it's Hubbard's backfield, like before the game, I feel like, and then we would have saw it. Then we would have been like, all right, well, why did Sanders play? Maybe he re-injured himself. But the fact that they said it was going to be Hubbard's backfield and like, <laughs> they didn't lie. Um, he was out there a ton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at 5k, I know like he has not been efficient, but like there's if they're playing from behind, like I kind of see this game going and it's a close spread. And we'll talk about that later in the show as well. Um, but I feel like Chuba Hubbard could be in line for a, a decent amount of receiving work. I know he hasn't really gotten all that much of it here recently. And Blackshear did work in a little bit, but I don't know. I, I feel like Hubbard could be the pass catcher here in this spot. Really quick. Do you know, uh, just throwing this out there for everyone, um, because we, we had some people in chat give me crap about Adam Thielen. And good, give me crap. I love it. He has scored the eighth most fantasy points among wide receivers this year. More than St. Brown, more than Travis Kelsey, more than C.D. Lamb, more than Pittman, more than Devontae Adams, more than Mike Evans, more than we Devontae pay, Adams, more than Sam Laporta. For those guys. Yeah, so I mean, like, <laughs> he's... I can't like compare him to like Justin Jefferson because of Justin Jefferson getting hurt, but like he is above St. Brown. We pay 7,500 for St. Brown every week. Um, yep. So just saying, just saying Adam Thielen, like he scored 44% of the team touchdowns this season for Carolina. Like that is a very high percentage, like one of the highest percentage among wide receivers that plays a lot. So just just get backing up my my Adam Thielen love. I know this has turned into the Adam Thielen love podcast, but I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't drop the touchdown last week, again, we're like sitting here going, why aren't people playing him? I mean, yeah. like he's going to be even lower on this week. Uh, just stats don't lie. Ball got ball. Let's go. All right. Last two games. We got <laughs> I mean, the, the okay. So the afternoon slate pretty good, right? We got this game with Carolina. We got Philadelphia this game right here giants and raiders Woo. all right this game has a i'm gonna check really quick 37 and a half raiders are one and a half point favorite um mcdaniels dresses up as al davis gets fired um <laughs> <laughs> what is going on um man did you did you hear that story too like um so he dressed up as al davis i'm saying it is al davis right right al davis 
And Al Davis sent McDaniels his favorite like lunch spot. And in the fortune cookie was a fortune that said you're fired. I don't know if this, this is, is real. real. <laughs> like, so the athletic reported this. I don't know if it's real. I mean, I've, I've read it a couple different places, but like, if this is a real story, wild, wild. <laughs> um, if you're Josh McDaniels, you call Bill Belichick and be like, Hey, let me come call plays for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I, so. I don't know. Um, that's, that's the only thing he's been good at is that role in his NFL. Not everybody's career, meant basically. to be a head coach. I yeah, mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but um, I know it wasn't real. Josh, come on. <laughs> um, all right, Giants here. I mean, we have no idea. It sounds like Daniel Jones is going to play. I don't really have a ton of interest in the passing game here. Um, Waller's banged up. I mean, we want Wandell Robinson to be a thing. He's cheap. The only guy that I – and I honestly I have a ton of interest in him is Saquon Barkley. He's under 8K. He ran 36 times last week. He had five targets. He, he, it's just pure volume for Saquon Barkley. Um, I mean, if he's good to go, it sounds like the ankle injury um, is just kind of maintaining the ankle sprain that he had a few weeks ago. Saquon Barkley running 36 times last week tells me everything I need to know about his role. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect 36 carries again. That was a Tommy DeVito special, right? Yeah, they but he just, doesn't come were... off the field. Like, it, it doesn't no, matter who they're playing, right. you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's an amazing role. It's a good spot against a, a bad Las Vegas defense. Uh, but the 36 carries was because they were just terrified to let Tommy DeVito throw the football. If we get Jones back, he's probably going to be back down in that low 20s area. But that's still a fantastic role when you factor in his passing game work as well. Um, if Jones doesn't make it back for this game and it's DeVito again, then you could see 30 plus carries. Um, and Barkley would jump to the top, top running back on the slate for me, but sounds like Jones is going to make it back. Um, he, he practiced in full Wednesday. So unless it's an abundance of caution because they're not playing for anything, I feel like it's Daniel Jones. Uh, I do still like Saquon though. Uh, just the role is, is undeniable. I like the spot against Las Vegas um, game script proof guy. Um, he's going to catch a bunch of patch passes. If they're trailing, um, if they can play from ahead, then good for them. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Daniel Jones. First game back off of the neck injury. Um, the, the, just don't trust the wide receivers. If Waller were healthier, I could get on board with that, but like, I don't like playing Wandale because I, I don't believe in the ceiling. Slayton is so hit or miss. Like I'll sprinkle in Slayton a little bit in case he's catches the long one, but we really haven't seen it out of him. Um, so not a ton of interest in giants outside of Saquon. Yeah. And like, so Saquon's only played one week this year with Daniel Jones. I mean, like the giants made a run last year and a lot of it had to do with like Daniel Jones playing well. And like the game that they played together was the Arizona game that they put up 31 points. Saquon had 27 fantasy points in that game. He had seven targets, six catches. Um, it was in Arizona. Like I get it, big difference, but it's not like it's not like the Raiders' pass defense is great. And I mean, they are ranked 29th in DVOA against the run. They're allowing 140 rushing yards per game, um, which is the third most in the NFL. So, like, I think this spot is really, really good uh, for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Giants defense, I think, is in play. I, I really do think you could take some shots on the Di Giants defense. They're 2300. We're always looking for like that punt defense. They have double-digit fantasy points in three of the last four games, and one of those games was against the Dolphins. Uh, so I think the Giants' defense is like a punt defense. I think they're like kind of priced way way too far down. And like Yeezy just said it in chat as well. I think the defense pulled punt. Yeah, so 
All right, um, Raiders. <laughs> hey, Garoppolo is good, um, but he's not starting. Uh, <laughs> uh, O'Connell is going to get a start here. And, uh, I mean, if you're Devontae Adams, you, you have to be going, throw me the football 30 times a game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he. I was expecting him to get traded. I'm not going to lie. I really thought that, like, Devontae Adams was going to get traded um, on the trade deadline on Tuesday. Not getting traded. I, I feel like we have a little bit of sample size to go back and look at week four for O'Connell when he started. Devontae Adams in that game had 13 targets. Um, is one of his best target games of the season. Um, what are we doing with the Raiders? And one of the reasons I like the Giants defense is because, like, just the Raiders offense just projects to be terrible. Yeah, Jimmy had maybe the worst game of his career last week, so I'm not surprised that he got benched. Detroit he defense missed, is solid, though. I mean, it is, but he missed Devontae wide open. Wide twice. open, I know. Wide open. Like, walk-in touchdown, 50-yard-plus type wide open touchdowns. Yeah. It was a brutal game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Threw one up to Devontae into double coverage. That was an easy pick. Like, he played awful last week. Aiden O'Connell cannot play worse than that, so... I, I don't know. I feel like this is an, an upgrade compared to the way that, that Jimmy's been playing. Um, I, I like Adams in this spot. The, the Giants defense is just – I know they've scored well, but I feel like they're, they've are they been a better fantasy defense than an actual defense. We oh, talked yeah. about the Leonard, Leonard Williams trade as well. So I'm not scared. I think O'Connell is fairly talented and can have some success in this spot. Um Jacoby Myers with zero targets last or one did get, end up getting one target, but I think like through three and a half quarters, he had zero targets in that, that game last week. Just a brutal performance from, from Vegas last week. I think people are going to be down on him this week though, because, and, and that's going to like, it's a condensed offense. We know where it's going. It's going to Devonte. It's going to, to Myers and Josh Jacobs is going to have a massive role. So I want those three guys. That probably means that I'm playing a little Aiden O'Connell as well. Um, and Michael Mayer is a guy I've talked about for a couple of weeks. I believe in this talent. He's breaking out eventually. Um, he, like he's not seeing the field a ton. Austin Hooper's still out there, but just a couple, like, I feel like there's just the new regime is taking over. We could see a different role for Michael Mayer here. I hope he stays low owned. I think he's an awesome pivot at just 2,800 this week. Um, I'm, I'm actually into this Vegas offense quite a bit. Really quick, um, I was when I was doing my like research for the week, I went back and looked at when when O'Connell was announced as the starter. I went back and I looked at um, some of that Chargers game. Josh Jacobs had eleven targets, um, so he was checking down a ton to Josh Jacobs. So I think Josh Jacobs is a sneaky good play this week. I um, love that. Call. I love his price, sixty nine hundred for Jacobs. I, yeah. That's the lowest we've seen him in a couple of years, right? And, like, the Gi Giants' run defense is not good. I mean, they're 27th in DVOA against the run. So, like, Jacobs could have, like, a 75-50 game with, like, you know, five to seven catches. Um, and if he scores a touchdown, like, this is a game he could put up, like, 30-plus fantasy points um, at 6,900. So, just uh, something that I noticed in my research, like, if you're not taking shots on Adams or O'Connell, maybe you're just taking some shots on Josh Jacobs. Love that call. All right, let's talk about it. Dallas at Philadelphia, game of the week as far as the main slate is concerned. 46 total in this one. Eagles, a three-point favorite. People are getting super excited about this game, Keith, and I just I, – I don't have the gahonies to do it, but I really want to fade this game. Um, this is two really good defenses, like really good defenses. Like Philadelphia 
really sound defense. Dallas, really sound defense. <laughs> really, two really good offenses as well. Um, let's start with the Dallas side. Dak Prescott coming off of uh, finally like starting to see like Dak do Dak things. Um, he looked really good last week, four touchdowns. Uh, CD Lamb getting involved finally again. Like we're starting to see CD Lamb 21 targets over the last two games. Um, uh, man, I, gosh, I hate this spot. I like Lamb, I, I like Lamb, I yeah. do. I do. Um, I am off of Tony Pollard, so he's probably going to score like three times in this game. You got to beat Philly through oh the air. You got to beat Philly through the air. I like Lamb. I I think in large field tournaments, I think you can like some Brandon Cooks in this game. Gallup is banged up. Um, and then I think Jake Ferguson is in play in tournaments as well. Obviously, we would pair some Dak here. Um, I, I think this is a spot you have to like the passing game. I don't think you play Pollard this week. Man, we are on the exact same page. The The Dak CD stack was the one thing I didn't have m- much of at all last week that, that ended oh, up I had no me. Dak last week. I mean, that's yeah. one of my downfalls he last was, week. He was cheap, but we hadn't seen the ceiling from him in so long. I'm like, how is Dak Prescott going to burn me? Well, it turns out he's just going to start targeting CD Lamb a ton, and that's what he should be doing because CD Lamb is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to go right back to it in this spot. The Philly pass defense is not something I'm afraid of. The rush defense is what I'm afraid of. And I, I, I'm i here to tell you, I don't think Tony Pollard is good anymore. We talked about him as a, as a solid play on the podcast last week. By Sunday, I was almost a complete fade on Tony Pollard because I was digging into some of his stuff. His explosive plays are gone. His um, explosive play rate was like 8.8% last year. This year, it's down to like 3.1%. And that was uh, per fantasypoints.com. Um, they it's 15 plus yards is an expl- is qualified as a an explosive play. We're just not seeing the explosion from Tony Pollard. Now he gets a brutal matchup here against against Philly. I'm I'm I think he's going to be popular again because the price continues to come down. I'm I'm not playing Tony Pollard, and he could burn me in the passing game. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like the, either this just he can't handle the full ro- workload of being the lead back or he has the injury that he suffered in the and then had surgery for in the offseason has kind of just taken away his burst. And it doesn't take much for you to lose like that. Like being that elite athlete, you can lose that in a hurry in, in an NFL league that is just, just full of elite athletes. So I'm, I'm off Tony Pollard. It's not just the matchup. I don't think he's the same player that we were all excited about getting, finally getting this role. Um, the Dak CD stuff, it's really hard to get away from that. They looked incredible last week. I love the Jake Ferguson call as well. Um, he's had a really solid role at tight end. Philly has been susceptible to tight ends as well. So, um, love your Ferguson call. Cooks is fine. I I can't get on Gallup, even if he's in there. Um, just haven't seen much from him, uh, ever since his injury either. So we'll have to see where the ownership comes in, but Dak CD is my favorite spot of the game. Love Ferguson as a, as a way to maybe get away from, from CD stuff. Yeah. I think like the reason that I have interest in cooks is like Philadelphia is, is a team that gives up the long ball. Um, yep. You know, we, we've seen it so many times now, like you can't really like classify them in the same classes like Miami. You can't put anybody with that type of speed, but we saw, you know, Dotson get away and have a big, um, big game. The Rams, when they played Philadelphia, we saw big games there from Puka, and um, I think it was Cooper Cup, right? Like he had a big game there. Um, so, and like even in Week Four, Washington. Um, so like Philly's defense, 
they have been solid, but they have been a lot worse against the pass this year than they have in years past. So um, I do like this spot for Dak in the passing game, but I think Cooks has that like 40, 50 yard touchdown potential. And you just, at that point, you're just hoping he gets a few extra catches on top of that um, or another touchdown, deep touchdown. It'd be great. Like, I think if Cooks gets two touchdowns, CD probably still has enough upside because I think CD is going to be like the target monster in this game. Yeah. Philly side. Uh, first thing I want to start here with is I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. Um, like, we saw him get hurt in the Miami game. I think it was like a knee. Pretty sure it was a knee. Um, and like, he just, he's looked great throwing the ball, but we only four rushing attempts last week. And a lot of that was the, the shuffle type play. And the, I mean, he had to throw the ball more. They looked fantastic. I think it helps the pieces around him more. Um, like guys like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Goddard. I, I don't, I man, the running back situation has finally got to the point where I'm like, DeAndre Swift has to score a touchdown, but now like Gainwell is getting involved again. They they're using Scott at the backfield as well. Like Gainwell's getting like the passing work. The running back situation is getting tough for me. Everyone is going to force AJ Brown, and I get it. I think this is a great spot to pivot to Devontae Smith in tournaments. Um, I worry about Hertz's ceiling, and I know, oh, Stevie, threw, he 31 points last week and he didn't <laughs> run. I hear you all. I hear what you're saying. He threw four touchdowns. Washington defense is not the Dallas defense. I'm, I'm here to tell you that. Um, so I think this is a grind it out type of game. Like this isn't a 53 total. Like this is a game that's 46. It's a grinded out game. I want to fade Hertz. I want to play some Smith. I love AJ Brown, obviously. Uh, but I think AJ Brown is not as good as play this week as people are going to put him as. I get it. I get it. I just... <laughs> It's a gut feeling, Keith. It's gut. It's a gutty. It's a gutty. Um, he's he's a beast. You know, he was one of our favorite plays last week. We talked about him a yep. ton last week. He crushed. He had eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. What he has like a record going of like 125 plus yards and what like six straight games or something. Six straight games. Yep. Like they're gonna keep trying to feed that, but like if you're the Dallas defense, you're like we're not letting this guy get 125 this week. So I think Devontae is an excellent tournament pivot. Uh, I think Goddard's a really interesting tournament pivot. I think AJ Brown has the highest opportunity to score the most fantasy points, but I think there's tournament options here. I hear you, but this is an awesome spot for AJ Brown. Um, like this game should be back and forth. I think Dallas can keep up here, which is what we always need from this Philly offense is anytime Philly is getting pushed, like Washington pushed them last week, we have seen this offense just go nuclear. Um, Jalen Hurts did not score a rushing touchdown last week. He generally does score a rushing touchdown. So he got those 31 points without the rushing touchdown. Maybe he doesn't throw for four here, uh, but I think there's a, a high probability that he can run one in or get pushed into the end zone on one. Um, I, like if it's Lamar or Hurts for me, it's I don't think it's that close. It's Hurts. Um, maybe that's bias from last week that I need to get over by Sunday and, and figure that out. But I feel like Lamar is going to have just as much ownership as Hertz. They're basically the same price. They're both in, in decent enough spots. But I like I know this is the highest owned spot of the week. But I'm having a very hard time with the AJ Brown, Brown fade. If you've if you've got the the stones to do it, congrats to you, Bob. And, <laughs> and I hope it works out. But I'm I'm going to be playing some AJ Brown. The role's been incredible. Um, I, I like, don't get me wrong. I'll have some Devonta Smith and, and, um, Dallas Goddard as well, but it's, it's AJ that I'm going to be jamming in there. Like 
we haven't seen a role like this in in quite some time. Like in just the explosive plays. I don't know. It, he's a really tough fade at this spot. If he was ninety six hundred, I could. I, I'm on board. It's it's a lot easier to fade him at that price. He's still too cheap at eighty six hundred for what he's been doing recently. Yeah, and uh, listen, I I hear it. Um, you know, it's tough to even look at like last year because like I know Cooper Rush played um one of the games, and like Gardner Minshew played the game against Dallas in the the late like the December game last year, and like it still was like a seventy four point game. Philly was resting some people in that game, um, so it's tough. I mean, to look at even at last year's, um, but I'm looking at this year, and I'm looking at like Dallas is allowed the second fewest, you know fantasy points per game to wide receivers this defense is really good i mean like dvoa they're third in dvoa and they're third in dvoa against the pass they are one of the best teams at getting at the quarterback they're third in pro football focus like grades for like getting to the quarterback pressure wise so look at their schedule real quick That's no my i only listen <laughs> i i hear you i i hear what you're saying like and i get like you just think like think Cooper cup last week and just how much they beat up on Cooper cup. And I get it. Stafford didn't play the second half of that game, but like Dallas dominated um, Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup in the first half of that game. So I, I don't know. I, I just struggle and I, and I hear what you're saying, but like chargers Keenan Allen's a very good comp to like Herbert and Keenan Allen comping to AJ Brown and Herbert and um hurts. And like they shut him down in week six. So like, San Francisco. Yeah. Stafford and Herbert are both playing with hand injuries though. Get out of here. I'm trying to counter your point. (laughs) I get who they played the first four weeks, but they've played San Francisco. They only allowed 10 points to San Francisco. They allowed 20 points to the chargers or no San Francisco crushed them. Right. I'm reading it backwards. I don't know. Um, I'm just sitting here. Yeah. San Francisco rolled. I just want to fade him. Okay. I'm not going so the, to, but I want I'm to. I'm not arguing. The Dallas defense is talented. I'm not arguing that. But they have had an extremely soft schedule. Um, I, I I get it. It's going to be chalk, chalk on, on this slate. I would play some Dallas defense if they enticed us at, like, 2,500. Uh, that's where I'm at. Like, I, I would <laughs> I would take some shots on the Dallas. Because, again, I don't – okay. So, like, my – back to, like, the original thing that I said about Philadelphia in this game – I do not think Jalen Hurts is 100%. I don't think he's 100%. So, like, that is motivation into if this team is able to get to Jalen Hurts a lot, how is that – like, how is this game going to play out if Jalen Hurts can't scramble? Like, if he – if the knee – like, he's limping around the field the last two weeks. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Um like I agree. The rushing so upside, bad. the the rushing yards upside is limited, but the the rushing touchdown upside is still there. Well, yeah. I mean, he gets inside the two, and they just run four push shoves, <laughs> um, whatever the heck, tush push. <laughs> I like it. Easy call to the tush push. There you go. Um, <laughs> they call it the brotherly shove or whatever. Um, yeah. We did see like finally we saw Philadelphia, and why why against Washington? Do you like you show, show your hand? Yeah, like you're playing play. Dallas. You're playing Dallas the next week. Like, uh, like they showed the option, and like maybe now, like Dallas comes in this game. Like, oh, we got to defend this. Maybe that's why they did it, and like it maybe. works even more. Who knows? But, um, I, I, yeah, it reminded me of the jump pass, Tim Tebow jump pass. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All in all, 
this game has a ton of potential. This game has the potential to go 70 plus points, just straight shootout. Good defenses get blown up by bad or by better offenses type of game. So like game stackable very much. So take some shots on lamb, take some shots on AJ, take some shots on Devonte Smith. Um, I just overly like overall. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I want to be different on the slate and like, I'm looking at Wednesday projected ownership and like, this game has a ton of ownership, and I get why. It's just just fade Tony Pollard. We're on board with that. Oh, well, I am on board with that. I don't. Tony. Yeah, I don't have any interest in that. Um, we didn't bring up Julio Jones. Um, he only had a couple targets, um, but he did score a touchdown. Like that's not something we should be talking about yet, right? At thirty three hundred, <laughs> I I don't think so. No, I'm, yeah, I'd have to look at his two targets. I don't think he's out there enough to to worry about it. No, they're they're they, he's on a pitch count. I just don't yeah. like. We have to pay attention to like if the pitch count gets limit like lifted. Yeah, and like you sign a guy like Julio Jones just to go out there on passing downs anyway. So right, and for the playoff like upside. All right, let's play the morning grind game. Hey, we bounced back last week. We had a we had a pretty solid week. week. Um, yep. so it was good of us uh, the week before. <laughs> Wasn't great. Not so good. Um, I will note that like going through this slate, I still only have seven running backs um on my sheet. Uh, I still I didn't add a single running back throughout the sheet. Um, so I I'm gonna have a very tight running back core this week. That is what I've noticed. Um, I can't narrow down my quarterbacks, but I narrowed down my running backs this week. All right, all that to get into. Give myself time to pull up um, lineup HQ really quick. Quarterback for 300 passing yards. Who do you got? I'm going to go – he's going to be chalky. He did it last week. Dak Prescott, like, it's just – like, the only way that D- Dallas can move the football against his Philly uh, defense is by throwing it and by throwing it deep. I feel like Dak has another big game here. Yeezy asked us to touch on tomorrow's showdown. Don't play it. Um, I did it for you. <laughs> or you know what I'm going to do for tomorrow's showdown? I'm just going to use the Sim Labs because I think that game is awful. It is so yeah. bad. That game is awful. It's atrocious. Uh, DeAndre Swift is not on my list, Eric. All right. Uh, my quarterback this week, I am going to go to my boy with the stash, and that's my boy Minshew uh, to go for 300-plus yards this week. I hope this game shoots out so much. I hope that game shoots out. Lone running back for a touchdown. Again, it is Wednesday night. Ownership will shift. Uh, who do you got this week for a lone touchdown? I don't love this like as a DFS play. Um like the price is up there, but just the way that Seattle plays offense, they're going to give Walker opportunities down at the goal line. He could get two touchdowns in this spot, even though I think it's a really difficult spot against Baltimore. Um, I might end up on him by Sunday, but 7K against Baltimore is a tough ass, but I do think he gets in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, running back ownership, uh, very concentrated on yeah. um, some people. I really hope Tony, Tony Pollard comes in at 17%. Um, Dee yeah, Mercado comes in at 17%. Sign me up for both of those fades. Um, if Dee Mercado is going to be chalky, I'm out. Um, so I looked at this earlier and I couldn't find anybody. I'm looking at it now. I didn't add any running backs. I hate this question this week. Um, Swift give, was the only one I was even considering. Yeah, give but me Singletary. really tough. Yeah, I, I like that, especially if Pierce misses. But that probably yeah. means he gets a little bit more popular. But he does. But right now, Wednesday, he's projected for five percent. So if yeah. Pierce sits, I you heard it first here. <laughs> quarterback, <laughs> quarterback, wide right receiver for a touchdown this week. Who do you got? I mean, it hurts to AJ Brown. Come on, 
Worked for us last week. I'm going right back to it. You you talked about Hurts being limited rushing. He's going to be dropping back a ton. Um, I I don't think the the Dallas secondary is all that scary with Diggs out. Their pass rush is insanely scary. But the Eagles have the best offensive line in the league, so I feel like they can protect Hurts enough. He can get the ball out. I don't know. This is a tough fade for me. So I'm I'm leaning into Hurts to AJ Chalk. I like it. I'm going to go Derek Carr, Chris Olave. Um, Chicago, Chicago pass defense, man. Got to keep targeting it. I think this is a good spot for Carr and Olave. Wide receiver for eight-plus targets. Who do you got? It's our our guy, Adam Thielen. Lock it in. Yeah, I, got, I always write down two now because, like, Keith has joined the dark side. Um, <laughs> he, he's on He's on the this, – this podcast has turned into the Adam Thielen love podcast. I hope it it sure that. has, but it hasn't filled us yet. So, I mean, last week he was okay, but it's not like he burned you. He, he put up, what, 16 at 6,500, 6,600. He wasn't, he wasn't a complete bomb like guys like right. Pacheco and whatnot were. So I originally had um, Drake London written down here. I'm that was before like he missed practice Wednesday, um, and like the groin injury definitely has me concerned a little bit. I'm gonna go with McLaurin um, as my eight plus target guy. Um, if if London is good to go, I really like Drake London this week. Uh, tight end for a touchdown, not named T.J. Hawkinson or Mark Andrews. Jake Ferguson. I think I, that's what, if I'm playing that game different and I am trying to fade CD Lamb, Jake Ferguson is the first guy I'm looking at. I like it. I'm going to go to my boy, University of Florida, Gator chomping all the way to the end zone. Give me Kyle sure. Pitts. Um, Love this. Weapon. I really think Heineken is a better quarterback for, for Kyle Pitts. No, so. no doubt. I think this could be a big week for him. Um, a lot of ownership on Mark Andrews, a lot more than I kind of expected here early in the week. Um, David Njoku getting a lot of projected ownership here on a Wednesday. I didn't even have him on my list. Um, I don't hate that against Arizona, but I worry about that game environment. Uh, defense, defense, 10 plus points. Who do you got? I'm going to go Patriots in this spot. Um, like, I don't think they're a great defense, but Washington just takes so many, uh, Howell takes so many sacks. He, he turns the ball over. I, I've he been playing defense. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Like you want, your defense facing a team that's going to throw a ton. And that is exactly what Washington does. Um, and then they, they take sacks and, and give away turnovers as well. So I'm, I'm playing at any, I don't care how bad the defense is against Washington. I'll play them every week. Yeah, You can, you can have a defense score double digits at the end of the day. That's kind of what you're hoping for and still give up 30 points. I mean, that's yep. just how defenses work in DFS. And like, that's why we don't talk a ton about defenses. It, honestly, for me, when it comes to defense, it's just whoever fits, um, I know for a fact, though, this week I'm going to be using a lot of the Giants defense, um, so I'm hoping they get over 10. I, just 2300 for a defense um, against this Raiders team just seems really cheap. They have 10 sacks over the last two games. Um, I, I think this is a spot, young quarterback, they get, they're going to get after O'Connell here. Um, so really like the Giants defense. It's just way too cheap. All right, let's go to the betting portion of the show here. We had a good betting week last week too. I was looking at it before we got rolling. Good betting week. Yeah, I thought I was going to get the Cleveland money line bet, and it didn't happen. If Mahomes wouldn't have had the flu, I think I would have swept four and zero. But yeah, I missed the Kelsey, missed Kelsey receiving yards, but hit the other three. Taylor Swift wasn't at the game. You should have known. Yeah, that's right. That's, that <laughs> she probably won't be at the game this week either. They're being over. Um, they're playing in was it Germany or something? Right, Germany. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm excited. I get to wake up Sunday morning um, and watch Dolphins play while building championship NASCAR lineups and football lineups. All right, against the spread or money line bet this week, what do you got? Give me Colts minus two and a half going to Carolina. I just the Colts are a lot better team. Um, Carolina is atrocious. They got the win last week, but I think the Colts are a lot better. Jonathan Taylor getting healthy, Minshew playing competent quarterback. Um, I like I like the Colts in this spot a lot. Yeah, I like it. I am gonna go to an underdog money line again. Um, these have worked for me this year. I'm gonna go Giants money line over the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think that. Daniel Jones being back, Saquon Barkley, uh, just, I, I mean, the Giants defense, I, I don't trust O'Connell to get the ball out. So I'm going to go Giants money line here. I'm not even going to take the point and a half. Who was my pick to win the cup championship? I am really rooting for William Byron. So when we were in Nashville in February for the Super Bowl, I have two William Byron 16 to one tickets. Um, so I am nice. rooting for him. I got Blaney at 12 to one. So I'm rooting for those two guys. And, um, I would really prefer one of those two guys to win championship. If I, as a fan, I really like to see Byron. I've been very high on him this year since the beginning of the year, and he's made me a lot of money. So um, rooting for William Byron to win championship this year. I would be really pumped for Ryan Blaney, and I'd be really pumped for Christopher Bell, and I'd be really pumped for Kyle Larson. I like all four drivers that are in championship this year. All right, uh, over under bet. What do you got this week? Tampa Bay, Houston over 40. Um, yes, competent quarterback play on both sides there. Um, love what CJ Stroud has been doing for Houston. Baker Mayfield has been playing okay for Tampa Bay. Uh, clear pass funnel on, on the Tampa Bay side. So Houston should have to throw quite a bit should speed this game up. As long as CJ Stroud continues to play well, now that he's got Nico Collins and tank Dell, I'm, I'm just writing last week off as an anomaly. Basically. I, I trust this Houston offense and I, and I trust Tampa Bay to kind of keep up a little bit as well. 40 seems too low for that game in the dome. I wrote this down when this line was 42 and a half. I still like it. Give me Carolina and the Colts over 44 and a half. I, I like this game. I really, this is the game I have circled as a make or break game for me this weekend. Um, I, I just, I really like this game. I like the Tampa game a lot as well. Um, that was the other game I had written down. So I'm glad you picked that one. All right, let's go to the player prop market here uh what do you got for me this week in a player prop i think this is the week we see the jonathan taylor show it's part of the reason i'm so high on the colts um zach moss has been incredible don't get me wrong but jonathan taylor sitting with a a line of 64 and a half yards rushing yards i like the over on that in a spot i expect the colts to be winning what was taylor's number 64 and a half rushing yards that seems low yep I was looking to see really quick if it was up on that second half thing I think is has people thrown off, but I think you nailed it when you said they got behind and they saw an opportunity to rest them. First of all, and just use Moss as the pass blocker. That made, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm, I'm fully expecting a huge workload for Taylor. I had a uh, Terry McLaurin over four and a half receiving or receptions this week. Um, the targets are just way up right now for Terry McLaurin. And I just, I really like this one. I think this one has uh, a ton of upside. So, and like, you're not necessarily looking for upside in the betting market, but like, this seems like really good value. So, we'll go with the value instead of upside here. Uh, pick and play. What do you got for us on the pick em side of things this week? Chris Olave at 60 and a half receiving yards. I like more than 60 and a half receiving yards back in the dome against the awful Chicago Bears defense. Um, 
like he could he could hit this in two plays against it. Like this Bears defense gives up big plays. Sixty and a half is too low for a, for an indoor game against a terrible defense. Like this one a lot. Um, like that one a lot. I didn't even notice that one when I was looking at it earlier. I'm going to my boy. Adam, Mr. Adam Thielen, that is, um, over or more than 68 and a half receiving yards this week. I just, they're going to keep feeding the ball. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, he just, he's so involved when you're like, all right, he only has two catches. What's going on? And then like the next two drives, he's at like six or seven <laughs> catches. And you're like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> he, he's just, he's gone over this number now in five straight games. Um, I just, I'm going to keep riding it. I think it's too low. So we're going to fire up the old-fashioned prize picks here. And Chris Olave, more than 60.5. Thielen, more than 68.5. I'm going to add in my McLaurin, um, more than 4.5 receiving yards. And just go for the 5X. Let's get a little 3-for-3, three 5X three, here. Uh, that's it. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? So it is an ugly slate overall, but there are a couple spots that I have pretty high conviction on. The Jonathan Taylor thing is certainly one. Um, I think a big decision is going to be what to do with Dallas Philly. And I know you're, you're contemplating the fade. Maybe I end up on the fade by the by ownership, Sunday. man. Yeah, I, I I'm with you and it's a 10 game slate. So ownership's more condensed than we're used to like the 13 game slate gets pretty spread out, but when there's only 10 games, it really condenses. Hopefully a lot of that goes to Pollard and that's the way that I can get off it is if the passing game is just not quite as high. Um, but love the Jonathan Taylor spot, love the spot for Alvin Kamara. Uh, there's quite a love the saints just in general. So a couple of good spots, I think, even though it's an ugly slate overall. Yeah. Five players early week, Wednesday projected ownership for more than 10% in that Dallas Philly game. Like, so there are ways to get different in that game. So like, even if you're like, not like if you're lukewarm on like that game, like I kind of am, and I'm not like necessarily lukewarm on the game in general. I think I like the Dallas side a lot, the passing side. Um, so like I'll be overweight on like CD and I'll be overweight on like Ferguson and Brandon cooks and like way underweight, maybe even fade Tony Pollard. But it's just, I, I think just taking Devonte over AJ Brown is a good way to get different on the Philadelphia side and hoping that like they shut down AJ Brown a little bit. So I'm with you. I like the slate more than I did an hour and a half ago. That's for sure. Um, I just, man, I, Really, 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 really like that Colts Panthers game. If that game, if that game does anything, and that that Tampa Bay game does anything, and if Chicago can keep up with New Orleans, there's so many ways this slate has ceiling. Um, so it'd be fun. Hope everyone enjoyed. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. We're trying to get to a thousand before the end of the year. We're at like eight fifteen. Help us out. Um, if you haven't already, I know there's a ton of people. There's way more than a thousand people listening to this show. Go over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, help us out. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us over there on the YouTube chat. We'll be back next week, week 10. I haven't even looked at the slate. I don't know how many games, but week 10 we'll be back. Hope everyone has a fantastic week nine. We'll see you then.